0: In a crazy market like this, what makes one real estate agent different from all the others? Professionalism. That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of House Maxing.
1: Welcome to House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax results. Now, Butch Zielinski.
0: Welcome to the show. With me in the studio, as always, is the producer here at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Butch. How's it going? Going really well,
2: Marshall. Thanks. So tell me about this crazy market right now. Hmm. All I hear about is that homes are on the market for about three seconds and then they're off. And even though everyone's lockdown because of covid it's still uh, an incredibly active market then i read weird things about oh the condo market downtown minneapolis is cooling off and i'm getting a lot of mixed messages what's going on out there
0: well you know it's been an interesting year uh, clearly on many in many different fronts right but within you know the real estate market it's been for me an incredible year and The year that I've had doesn't match what you think, like, the reality of what's going on, Mm -hmm. as you just referred to. So we've got this COVID, 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 and then then we've got this real estate market that's on fire. So it's really, from my perspective, it hasn't slowed down one iota. The question is, are people, because they can't control – the the virus and things and they can't control so many things that seems out of their control. Are they then taking control of their housing and they're taking a look at what they really want, really need and acting on that? Because that's really the only thing that they can control. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot of people continue to move forward in spite of what's going on.
2: Yeah, I I heard they're looking to buy homes now where they can educate their kids in the home and work at home. Seems somewhat short-sighted. I mean, hopefully we will overcome this pandemic in the next year here and and kind of go back to life a little bit more normal. But they're kind of buying homes with that in mind. I have not experienced that. But Mm -hmm. to be fair, I haven't
0: really dealt, to be honest, I'm not sure that I've dealt with any— Families hmm. with kids this sure, year, sure. Um, empty nesters, uh, that sort of thing, listings. But, but I, I, I suspect that you know, given you know the number of kids, and let's say that you know, mom and dad are both kind of working from home part time, and the three kids are like, right. whoa, right? They, they may need some more space. But I think you're right that um, there is a segment of, of of you know the marketplace that is needing to adapt. Um, and that means a larger m- footprint, real right. estate. Yeah.
2: So I heard uh, someone uh, complaining on Facebook, which is, you know, the font of every accurate piece of information. Absolutely. But they were like, yeah. oh, look at, uh, they were pointing to the high number of sales in Minneapolis. And they said, oh, look, because of the violence and because of whatever, uh, everyone's moving out of Minneapolis. But that doesn't make any sense because that wouldn't mean that there's home sales. If there, uh, if a home sells in Minneapolis, that means one person's buying in Minneapolis and one person's selling in Minneapolis, no one's fleeing. If there was a bunch of listings that were on the market that no one was buying, right. then that would be more indicative of people fleeing Minneapolis. But that actual, that number of listings without offers is going way down. It's very tight right now. So it seems to me that, if anything, more people are interested in Minneapolis than less people. Have you seen any of this flight from Minneapolis that uh, people speak of? No, I really haven't. And I
0: think this, this is a very interesting, that you bring this up is very interesting because I, I was reflecting the other day on what we've been through as a city. I was born and raised in Minneapolis. I've been here 60 years and it's a city that I absolutely love. It's been a difficult year for the reasons that will, you know, I I won't mention. But Minneapolis remains, you know, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, highly educated, spectacular lakes and creeks and parks and very diverse. And I think that people understand what... One person doesn't define a city. Right. And, and so it's a resilient city as, you know, we are a resilient country. Uh, of all my sales, I ha- I've had people, you know, a couple of reloads going back to Seattle or going back to Los Angeles or coming from Los Angeles or what have you, um, or moving within Minneapolis. No, I really, I've not had any flight
2: mm-hmm. sales um, at all. Well, it gives a good perspective, especially having been here and lived in the city pretty much all your life. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about agents for a second. There are so many real estate agents. You know that old joke of... uh, when the police officer pulls you over in California, he asks for your real estate license. And they go, why do you ask for a real estate license? Well, not everyone has a driver's license. <laughs> it seems like the number of people going into this business and wanting a piece of the real estate pie, it's it just uh, going up and up and up. And uh, in almost the pandemic where some people are laid off or, or possibly see other opportunities and it's even going higher. What do you feel about this kind of influx of realtors, and how does that affect the real estate industry? Well, it's
0: um, <laughs> you know, since I was licensed thirty eight years ago, honestly, I- I've always felt like there are just too many realtors. Right. I feel, and I feel also that the point of entry, right in a um, in the field, is you know, you take a some coursework and whatever, and it's it's not difficult. To acquire your license. The most difficult, the more difficult thing is to get tracking correctly, effectively, to be mentored. And then really learning um, that this business has little to do with houses and has everything to do with relationships. And so that's the starting point, uh, building relationships with Buyers and sellers and inspectors and mortgage people and title people, and really bringing the best together to work the the transaction for the buyers and sellers instead of just taking a more nonchalant attitude because it's a, it's a very serious you know it's a, it's a very serious process buying and selling real estate is a, a big deal financially emotionally and it's our it's our job. Um, to help people navigate those processes and to bring the best people to the table to help them through the process.
2: Yeah, uh, I hear a lot. Uh, I, I went into real estate because I just love houses. Er, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and
0: it, 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 that that makes me right. Cr- like, <laughs> who doesn't like houses? I'm yeah, sorry. Right. I, like, okay, name everybody one. likes going looking at nice like, houses. <laughs> well, yeah, and HGTV, right? right. It's on fire because everyone loves houses, of course. Right. And so that – but that's not it. Again, Mm -hmm. it's not the houses. It's really the process.
2: (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's a lot of driving, right?
0: (laughs) A lot of of, of driving and a lot of listening and a lot of responding and, um, you know, taking patients' pills Mm -hmm. and, you know, interpreting what somebody is saying even though they may say one thing but they mean another. Mm -hmm. And just all the nuances
2: um, of humanity and figuring out that piece. It seems like uh, there's a lot of new people in the industry because they go to join teams, you know, and I see Mm. a lot of these teams, some of the teams get very large and that's not to, there's all sorts of different types of teams. So, uh, you know, you might know of a team that doesn't, but a lot of teams hire a lot of people. There's 20, 30 people on a team. And most often, when someone's new they join a team and but i think sometimes the the instruction and the mentorship that people are looking for from a team sometimes doesn't materialize because it takes a lot of instruction yeah, yeah, and a lot yeah. of mentorship mm-hmm. and boy if you got 20 new people mm-hmm. on your team that's a that's over a full-time job that's about an 80-hour a week job of doing that You know, it's interesting,
0: now that you bring this up, um, when I, um, when I was licensed in 1982, and then I, um, was with a couple different companies, when I, in, in 1990, when I joined Burnett Realty at Mm -hmm. the time, I, was a part of their training program. So they had a training program for new agents. Mm-hmm. So you got licensed and then you, you it was mandatory to go through training courses, training agents. So agents like myself and others, experienced agents, would train new agents. Right. I don't know that any of the, I, I can't say mm-hmm. I don't know that any of that is actually happening anymore. Again, I can't – all I can say, let me speak to teams, okay, because I don't know the other piece of it, if they're still doing official training within these, you know, Edinas or Burnett's or what have you. My request, if an agent – if agents, some successful agents are building teams, is that they do in fact take the time to mentor their agents. Uh, It's just really – it's a reflection of them – it's a reflection of our industry that we not have people sort of flailing out there mm-hmm. and sort of not understanding the nuances and and again new people are are terrific and and they get excited and but they do need you know i think some mentorship which mm-hmm. is really a critical piece to their success
2: it seems like there's the brokerage and then there's the national association of realtors and you can't be a realtor if you're not a member of the National Association of Realtors, right? It's just a made-up name that That's right. they made up. Yeah. And so there's difference between being a real estate agent, a licensed real estate agent, and a realtor. Mm-hmm. It seems like those are the organizations that would best be um, – the places where a higher bar of professionalism was placed, I, and I know a lot of individual brokers do that. A lot of brokerages um, are very selective on who they hire mm-hmm. and who they have mm-hmm. on their mm-hmm. team. It seems that the the National Association of Realtors, all you need to be is licensed and pay the dues, and you are a realtor. Yeah. Now you need to adhere to a code of ethics. But I always thought it would be interesting if – what if the National Association of Realtors required a $10,000 bond? Right. To be a realtor, you got to put up money. Yeah. And you got to pay them. And in three years, you get half of that back. And in five years, you get the remainder back if you have had no – you know, you haven't been found guilty of any accusations, if uh, you haven't been in violation or Mm -hmm. found in violation Mm -hmm. after due process of a realtor code of ethics, something like that, but just something to say, you have to put something up here. I think so. And I I also, during
0: the course of my career, I have been on the board of directors for the Minneapolis Mm -hmm. Association. I mediate, I was on the mediation board and things. And so I've been, I've been in every Area of it. And when I was in the board of directors for the Minneapolis Association, we often had conversations and I was very vocal about um, uh, the bar, raising the bar. Mm -hmm. It's difficult, um, I think. So, what do you do? Do you do the bond? Do you do what? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Sort of um, because I don't know that it's one size fits all, right. that's kind of the thing, right? Because you have some people who, you know, come into the marketplace and they're, they've are they got a sphere of influence that's really powerful and significant and they just, they hit the road running and they're really bright and they get it and boom. And then you've got others who don't. And so it's always been elusive. And
2: here we, I think we're in the same situation, you know, 30 years later I'm for right. me. It is not a simple solution because what if, you know, you do that bond thing yeah. Well, that keeps people who are not of means. That's right. That might keep certain populations out right. of the real estate market. That's right. Uh, kind of making it more uh, for the rich only, or, or yeah. of those of means right. to do that, and you're not getting the kind of variety of human being that you want. Yeah. Yeah, know the real estate industry.
0: And I've seen d- d- to my pleasure, I've seen, you know, so many people of color mm-hmm. enter this business in the last decade. Right. And, you know, speaking somalian and speaking uh, right. Spanish and it's it, it's just lovely to see um, you know, every community being served effectively. So, on that behalf, right? Mm-hmm. It's working. Right. It's working. And so I think the the issue to for me is training 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 it's really important right. um even to ha- have people you know uh shadow you at opens and showings mm-hmm. and conversations and i think that's so important that's the only way really um that i think that uh you know they effectively learn
2: yeah and there's other bars of professionalism right i'm sure you've met some unprofessional uh, behavior from people who've been in the business a long time mm-hmm. and have made their presence known and they're uh, they're established in the marketplace, but they're still unprofessional in many ways. I think that's true, but a, an exception
0: to sure. the rule. I, I have to say that after almost four decades, I run into a lot of the same people and have known them since I started. Mostly... Right. There's an incredible, we're all different, right? Mm -hmm. My grandma, Betty, whatever. We're all all different and we are. And that's sort of the fun of this business. We can approach it. Sure, Um, uh, We each have our own, we bring our own personality um, to the business, but there's a a significant amount of respect among the people who are, you know, who consistently do uh, the top 20%. Sure. So it's, it's nice. It's sort of, uh,
2: it feels good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the onus, does that fall on individual agents uh, or teams or brokerages or associations as to raising the level of professionalism in the real estate business? Who, who does it fall to? You know what? Honestly, the broker. Huh? I'm
0: sorry because – the okay. The broker holds the license of a licensee. Sure. They're responsible. They're responsible. And so, I mean – It just seems very interesting to me that you can just, like, have a bunch of licenses and a bunch of realtors and not train them. Right. Like,
2: mandatory training. Right. I don't know. Yeah, brokerages get in as many people as they can. Yeah, Yeah. They're hoping that they sell two or three homes to friends and family. Yes. If they leave the business, it's no skin off their nose. No. They make their money. That's right. It's kind of a cattle call sort of deal. It seems that way. Yeah. What's uh, what's happening around the lakes, Lake of the Isles, and the lakes area of Minneapolis? Any new construction or anything going on there? You know, yeah,
0: there there's a, a number of uh, properties. Well, you know, Isles is nuts, mm, right? You know, <laughs> there's a seven million on the market right now, and, right. and 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 a number of properties that have just been completed or under construction that are absolutely unbelievable. And and I so I I would say that the lakes are still such a draw mm-hmm. in such a, a beautiful natural element of our beautiful city that um they they continue to to do very, very well. In yeah. fact, my, my clients moving in from Los Angeles, they're focusing on the Lakes area of Minneapolis. Sure. Right. So and also just generally, right, the whole uptown is absolutely it's largely vacant. Mm-hmm. Calhoun Square, changed hands. And- um, The Apple store a- shut down. L- literally North Face, right. Apple, whole Columbia, row yeah. the whole row. It, it's a reckoning for Uptown. It's a reckoning, but it, it'll be fine. I mean, I've officed there for over 10 years and, and I love it. I just, you know, it, it's going to be really nice to see it begin to-
2: flourish again come back yeah 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 yeah. and it always does it does it will now's the time to buy right now is the time to buy yeah (laughs) well good to talk to you that was very interesting i appreciate the enlightenment
0: thank you so much marsh
2: have a great day you too
1: This has been House Maxing with Butch Zielinski, a podcast designed to help sellers get the maximum value from their home. Butch is a licensed real estate agent in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Results. You can find him online at ButchZelinski.com, And Zielinski is spelled Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-Y. If you'd like to share a comment or question on an upcoming podcast, call 612-352-9177. Again, that's 612-352-9177. Make sure to tell us to which show you are calling to contribute. And please know that we may include your voice recording in future episodes of this podcast. House Maxing is produced by Minnesota Podcasting and recorded in their St. Paul Studios, and they can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individual participants and may not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Remax Results or Minnesota Podcasting.